Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. lovelies. Welcome back to the windowsill. I'm so glad you're here today. And if it's your first time, welcome. I have a wonderful conversation today with Megan Price, who's based in Noosa, Queensland, Australia. So it was really fun to kind of hear a slightly different point of view on some things, mainly things like holidays. Holidays there obviously are different than holiday collections here. And we had all sorts of really great topics to dig into. I think you'll find a lot of inspiration. And Megan's work is just really charming. You know, every once in a while, I come across an artist that just stands out because they've kind of honed their style, color palette, subject matter, whatever that might be. And I think you really enjoy what Megan puts out into the world. Megan feels like she's had many creative incarnations, but it wasn't until she dusted off her paintbrushes and embraced the fact that she was actually an artist that she finally found a medium through which she could fully express her full creative vision. Her company's called The Darling Fig, and it's the label under which she creates painting by hand to capture the joy in life's everyday moments. Megan believes in slowing down, finding the magic in the little things, and that love always wins. Her work is currently available as a collection of sustainably printed greeting cards and fine art prints, which she sells online and to stockists around Australia. She also works on bespoke artwork commissions for her clients for both personal and gift projects, as well as branding. Megan uses beautifully pigmented watercolor, gouache, and exquisite French art paper to produce her beautiful artwork. And I am anxious to hear what you think. So leave some thoughts on the Instagram when we share some images of Megan's work there. You can find Megan at thedarlingfig.com.au and on Instagram at thedarlingfig. So without further ado, here is Megan Price. Megan, I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks so much for joining me. And I can't wait to learn more about you and your process. Thank you, Margo. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, good. Well, I'm thrilled. Tell our listeners a little bit about your creative journey and what led you to start The Darling Fig. How did you get here? Well, I've always been creative and I think it was about in 2018 or so, I had had kind of basically a series of creative businesses for years. And I just got, there weren't anything to do with painting. Um, I was sewing and selling and making things like that. 
And during that process, I'd always wanted to basically be able to do my own like fabric designs and things. So I started playing with those on Illustrator on the computer at first Mm. um, because I was using that to make sewing patterns. So I just started drawing with it. And then I just realized I wasn't very happy doing the creative business I was doing. So I just stopped doing Mm. that. And in the time that I had, I thought, I thought I'm going to try painting again um, because I'd really like to go back to that. I hadn't done that for years and I felt like, yeah, just trying it. And I set myself a really weird challenge. Mm. I was, I think it was because when I was about 13, my mum had bought me these really expensive watercolour paints because I'd been messing around with some pencils and I think she thought, oh, she's doing all right with those. I'll buy her the, the paints for her birthday. and they firstly their formula was faulty and they didn't work Mm. very well and I was frustrated and and couldn't figure it out and sort of at the height of teenage anxiety was just like it's too hard and I'm no good so I'm just not gonna do it anymore so when I decided um to start painting again I was like I'm gonna buy myself really cheap supplies and prove to myself that I am solely interested in the creativity and I will then start to buy the more expensive stuff I felt like I needed to prove that I would stick at it this time versus like just dropping it so I did that and it turns out just for anyone who is listening the watercolor paper quality you use matters a lot so Mm -hmm. if you're not having a good result definitely try better paper because I was in my uh phase of using cheaper supplies I didn't realize part of the problem was the paper (laughs) I just thought I wasn't a very good artist (laughs) (laughs) that's a great tip though because not everybody might have realized that yeah I've gotten that really fussy now I've climbed up to using the archers paper and now I find it hard to go onto cheaper stuff but anyway I started um just painting and doing that and then um COVID actually hit and I was like basically all I had creatively with me because we were kind of in the middle of like a house move Mm. so my sewing machine and everything that I had been using to create um was away from me and all I Mm. had was these paints that I packed and I thought well now I have to concentrate on just painting and I started doing that and there was I think it was Oh, the make art that sells at that point started this just online community to get people yeah. just creating while everyone was freaking out and trying to figure out what on yeah. earth was happening in the world. And then I got game enough to put my work like online and make an Instagram account. So I got my sisters to help me create like a name and everything for it because I didn't feel like having um, like my actual name on it. I kind of wanted to have sort of a not an alter ego, but that kind of thing where it was like. Yeah, you could kind of fly under the radar if you wanted to or something like that. Yeah, I did actually at the time really feel like flying under the radar. I didn't feel like being seen at all. And so I was just, I joined a few Instagram art challenges, you know, like the draw in your own style ones where mm-hmm. you get to interact with other artists and little series where you created like a little picture every day. And I was doing that and just basically doing that to expand my creativity and then sharing that online. Such a good way to do it. Yeah, it was really, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And then there was a a florist actually that lived where we had moved from, had put a call out on Instagram to say that she wanted little hand painted cards 
for her bouquets um you know because lots of people were ordering flowers during the lockdowns Mm. because people could like send flowers to their loved ones as a way of connecting yeah and so she wanted to have the little hand-painted cards to go with that so I decided to do that because I thought I don't have anything to lose I've got paper and I've got paint and I can make these tiny cards and I didn't know her at all and I didn't even know if she would pay me or not because you had to send them and then when she sold them, then she'd pay you. And I thought, it doesn't matter. It's just paper. Like it's totally <laughs> free. It doesn't matter. So I did that and it, it went really well and she ended I'll up bet. ordering more. And then I realised that I was going to end up with RSI very quickly if I kept yeah. hand-painting cards. Yeah. And from that I decided that I wanted to try printing Um greeting cards so I just yeah basically started from there and kept putting my work online and it basically felt to me like the most natural thing in the world for me to be doing was actually because I'd always done drawing and painting growing up Mm -hmm. and and then I'd sort of walked away from it in those late teens and early 20s like just totally walked away from it disconnected from it And then I just came back to it in my late 20s. And when I started thinking about the word artist, I was like, that I think can contain everything that I actually am. Like it's a label that works for me. Um, And, yeah, it wasn't hard to slip into that. Whereas I think when people had called me an artist when I was a teenager, I would literally like cringe and be like, oh, gross, don't call me that. Like I was just like, no. You had um, to find your way there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like coming back to what I was meant to do. And that's just sort of, it's just evolved very naturally and organically. I haven't put um, any pressure on it. Um, when I finished doing my other creative businesses, I realized that it was possible to have a creative business and lose all sense of creativity if you weren't aware yes. of, you know. Absolutely. And that's what I had done. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get so far away from the creative process, depending on how your business is going and how you have to run it. You can, yeah. And I, I definitely did. Like I would say prior to rediscovering stuff, I was completely just so far from creativity. I didn't know how to do it without doing it just to make money and thinking about it solely from a a customer or product creation perspective. Yeah. And it's like a really weird form of creative people pleasing when you're doing that. (laughs) Such an interesting point. It really is. You really do kind of lose yourself in that part of it. And you're and and I feel like at some point it's like, well, this is what I should be doing. I'm I've put that title on myself. I'm creative. I have this business. Isn't this supposed isn't this what I wanted? Yeah, it it definitely it definitely is. It took me, I think I ended up reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah. And that really opened my eyes to um, a different way of looking at creativity. Mm-hmm. And then when I started painting again, I realized that my creativity was very, very stuck. Like I would literally go to paint something and experience quite, I think now, high anxiety. I was like uncomfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that was strange to feel like that towards something that was supposed to be fun. So I kind of went looking for answers and I ended up accidentally stumbling across The Artist's Way book by Julia Cameron. Yeah, good one. And that was huge in 
um, unblocking that creativity. That's so good. It sounds like from what I've read about you a bit that, that you really did dig in and do some work on, you know, mindfully you really did. So was that part of the process working with the artist way and some of those things just to kind of get your thoughts out about it? Yeah, it was definitely, I, um, it was, it was sort of an unraveling is what I think of it now. I kind of didn't realize it at the time. I was like following the little trail of whatever came next. So I'd finish like learning one thing, mind like mindset wise and then move on to the next thing and now I can reflect on that and go oh I was so stuck Mm -hmm. and so now when I come across like anyone if you say you're an artist a lot of people go I wish I was creative I'm like but you are everyone is you just have to like unblock that because it's there yeah find what it means for you um when you started painting again did it feel like well, I imagine it feel, felt like coming home, but do you feel like your style was what it was before? Was your because your color palette is is very defined and beautiful? Did, has that evolved, or was that something that you kind of came back to? I kind of grew up with a lot of um, very realistic art, so lots of landscapes from like people mm-hmm. who painted in the family landscapes and portraits and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think when I first ended up discovering on via like Instagram what illustration was Mm. like it never like even though I grew up with a lot of picture books it didn't occur to me that illustration art was a thing Mm. and when I realized I didn't have to be realistic anymore that's when I started to really like unfold that Mm. and I didn't have a defined color palette um until I did an art challenge at the beginning of 2021 and I would say it was at that point that everything actually clicked together because the notice for doing it was short. You had to do one piece um, over seven days per day, which Mm. I almost didn't do it. I was like, that's too much. I can't do it. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what, make the goal just getting it done, sit down, and I just sat down and just drew all these very simple sketches and then I thought what I will do is I will pick a colour palette and I will do the whole thing in the one colour palette Mm. and I don't know what happened I don't know whether it was meant to happen at that point in time but it was the combination of actually doing like seven days of consistent work and then actually putting seven pieces of consistent like consistently created art onto Instagram and the colour palette um, doing the same colour palette over the whole thing. Um, and I made it a very simple colour palette so I didn't have to overthink the choices I was making mm-hmm. on each piece. It just seemed to resonate with people and everyone seemed to love it. And my whole account grew and got traction. And weirdly enough, I even got like an art commission from someone in Finland. Wow. And that was so it was literally going from just randomly putting art online and having kind of no idea what I was doing or where I was going to doing that one challenge, getting more defined in a colour palette and then, um, yeah, it just seemed to click. And then I kind of stayed within those colours for a little while because I was a little bit afraid to venture out of them because mm-hmm. I actually really love um, pink 
I don't wear a lot of pink, but I actually love the colour pink and different shades of pink. And I've started like bringing that into my artwork because I was a bit, I think I was a bit afraid by going to the more girly colours. I thought maybe people wouldn't like those as much as right. the, the stronger tones. But yeah, I don't know. I've learned that there's particular shades that just make me downright uncomfortable in my own artwork. And I just, yeah. sometimes I will try them and I'll be like, oh no, it does not feel good. Get off my page. Yeah. One of my best selling pieces, I know I've got it on a card here. I literally was, I'd done a sketch. I'd painted the whole thing and I was on the verge of actually ripping it up because I hated the colors so much. And I was huh. like, hang on, it's a gouache. You can just paint over it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I just painted over the whole thing in different colours and and that became the finished piece. And that's like one of my best-selling pieces of art. And nobody knows that it nearly went in the bin. Yeah, it's so (laughs) funny what what the stories of our pieces. It's so interesting. Sometimes the ones that challenge us the most were there to help you work something through, I feel like. I feel like that too. I'm feeling more and more that I don't know about other people, but I feel like for me, my art sort of not entirely about me. It's about like a journey of some kind and it's there to um, connect and unravel and evolve. It's Mm -hmm. there's so much more to it than just a, like just a picture. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm really grateful to it for that. Um, it's really charming. I, I I'm super drawn to it. You know, every once in a while, you can remember when you saw somebody's work for the first time, or or you know, wonder. For me, as a product development person, I I look at it and I think, oh, there's a lot of legs to this. You know, I can see this really showing up in a lot of different types of products and and things like that. And certainly, that's possible for anyone in in some sense or another, depending on how they approach their their work and getting it out into the world. But I feel like you, the look of what you do is it's just, it's joyful. It makes you smile. It makes you want to see more. The colors really resonate and, and, and the characters are delightful. It's just, it's, it's great. Really like it. It's so lovely to hear. Mm. It's, it's, it's very one-sided sometimes as you know, when you're just working by yourself, you're like, Hmm, I hope people like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say that you capture, you know, the joy in life's everyday moments. What are, what inspires you when you sit down at that blank page? How do you approach that? Do you have a plan? Um, I don't really have a plan though. I suppose everyone probably does have a plan. It's just everyone's planning process is different. (laughs) Might just be put cut, put the brush on the paper. Yeah. I've I've discovered um, I need to be like in a bit of a settled kind of calm state to be able to create. So for me, sometimes I need to um, go for a walk first or I've actually found strangely sometimes doing a bit of photography of the things around me just as a way of settling into that um, works better. But it depends on what it is. Um, if it's a, something I'm creating for someone that's requested something, there's a different process with Mm -hmm. drawing that um I have discovered I will do this ridiculous thing I've realized where I may have never say drawn a giraffe in my life Mm -hmm. and I'll sit there and after two sketches be frustrated as to why the giraffe doesn't look any good and then I'm like you have never drawn this be more patient (laughs) yeah and so if it's something like that that's got elements in it of 
an animal, which there's a lot of animals I haven't drawn at all um, in it, I will go through, say, Pinterest and look at loads of pictures and photos of the animals. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll even watch like a video of one so you can kind of get the movement of what the animal is. Yeah, smart. And I'll do heaps of pages of rubbish sketches Mm -hmm. until I start to let my style take over and stylize the whatever the subject is. Um, And I actually love it once I've started and pushed past that initial frustration and I get into that flow of researching the subject matter and looking at it and it's just really nice to like lose yourself in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I prefer, sometimes I will sit down and literally just paint onto the page without drawing or thinking of anything and other times I will draw separate elements out and then put them like paint them separately and then put them together into a design on the like on in illustrator because Mm -hmm. I I really love creating um quite symmetrical sort of mirrored designs a bit like you get in some of the folk art pieces Mm -hmm. so sometimes I'll do that um I've just done because I've wanted to do some wooden slice little painted ornaments for Christmas. Oh, very cute. And I struggle to get in the zone for that out of the season. Like I just mm-hmm. have trouble. So I actually went onto Pinterest and made myself a mood board and printed it out on paper and actually just stuck things like around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've started doing a bit of that more, like doing collage in a book that I bought specifically for that so that because I don't like having it in, like necessarily always there in my face, but if it's in a big book, then I can like put it away. Yeah. Um, but basically I just, I'm constantly just pulling in ideas from different directions. I right now that. I really love um, like a while ago for some of my more recent pieces, I wanted to bring in that um, ancient Greek kind of shape and form. Mm-hmm. So I was on Pinterest even looking at their old artefacts and their old vases and everything that have all the little illustrations and carvings and paintings on them and just, I don't know, that whole thing, whatever that is, that's just what goes into it. It's That's the, that's the non-plan plan. <laughs> I feel like there's so much to that though too. It's, it's kind of... Um setting up a buffet for yourself, a visual buffet. And you might be in the mood, like I'm in the mood for, you know, whatever it is, salmon salad. And then, you know, which might be like, I'm really into this ancient Greek shape of amphora or whatever it is. So then I can see how, and for me, you know, I get, I completely go down a rabbit hole, but I love the idea of kind of laying out the recipe or the buffet and just like, I want a little bit of this. I'd like to try that. This is inspiring me to do, you know, research this over here or put this color on. It just, it, I love that thinking about that kind of visualizing this whole opportunity spread out in front of you instead of just like, I need to draw a giraffe. Even you saying you like to watch a video of the movement of it. That's, that's great too. Yeah. It just kind of, gets you in the it's I suppose it's a bit like when you actually go for a walk out on your local street and you're familiar with the birds that live in your street and um whatever's native to your area and 
how you perceive and connect with those animals and you know their personalities and mm. what they who, what they are as animals mm. and it's not always possible when you say don't live somewhere that has giraffes or elephants right. so sometimes watching the nature you know um documentaries or youtube videos yeah. made the mistake of watching one once where one was i didn't realize it was being hunted and it was actually oh. really stressful watching oh no no <laughs> yeah oh. find out first what, what does this have an happy ending that i want to sit through oh it was it was like a thriller (laughs) (laughs) I'd find that a lot to um doing product development in China and working with sculptors who for instance uh, well giraffe comes to mind or deer or reindeer things like that if we were doing holiday pieces in ceramics or or glass or whatever they were but we would send over many pieces of reference and some sketches and illustrator files or whatever but then just like you said they might never have most of them seen a seen snow and a snowman in the south of of china where we were working or we figured out that they have a family of deer whose horns look very different than ours so we would you would get into these details and be like wait a minute that is a deer but it looks like a cow you know it's just that whole how do you get that message across in your own work and how do you feel what what's that point where you feel like yes i've i've hit it it feels good and i i think giving yourself that time to kind of sink into it i would imagine that then when you do put brush to paper you don't want to stop because you have all these you're surrounded by all this this material and these good ways good information good ways to be inspired yeah, I feel like when you hit that really sweet, like sweet spot with that creative flow, you almost the ideas themselves start generating more ideas, and you're like, mm-hmm. I could go on this subject alone for years and create. You can just all you can see all the possibilities flowing out, um, which is why I do love um, having sketchbooks and just I keep all my paintings and I just have folders and every now and again I'll just go through my own folders and sketchbooks to remind myself of what 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 like an idea was that I had that maybe there wasn't time to do that at that mm. point but yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that because I also think when it comes to then sharing the piece online in particular you have all this interesting information that you can share alongside of it um, like I think when I like I ended up researching for that first art challenge I did, I wanted to write an interesting caption with each one. So I ended up looking up the word butterfly because I thought it is a weird word and I just learned all these random facts about it and I love words. So I actually went to like the dictionary, the etymology dictionary and like looked up the root of the words and the Greek and this and I think the ancient Greeks called them they were little souls flying around and I just thought that was so beautiful I love that I hadn't heard that I love that no and that was um I remembered that I think last year I walked into there's a there was a local art studio that I hadn't walked into not actually just around the corner from me and I walked in and I started talking to the lady and all her work is about love and joy and so she has lots of butterflies nice and one of the pieces that I really liked she told me the story of that. It was like it was a little butterfly in a flower garden perched on a set of stairs. And she said that she'd 
taking a photo of that and painted that the day I think I think she said her mother-in-law had passed away that day mm-hmm. and she always loved the butterflies her mother-in-law and then when she saw that butterfly she took that as a sign that like from her Love and so that. she did the painting and I said to her well you know the ancient Greeks called them little souls so that's actually really like 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 a really like great bit of synchronicity there Perfect. that you know you saw the butterfly so just uncovering little things like that when you're doing all the research for a, an illustration is just so you know it's just so nice it really is. And I think especially, I mean, when you're doing the work for yourself, that's one thing, but then doing a commission too, that that comes with its own challenges when you, you're you really trying to feel like you're getting into the head or the wishes of that person and what they've asked for. And especially with characters and, and the human forms that you do, do you find that challenging in a different way? Um. Yes, I find like, there's a part of me that absolutely rises to the challenge of a, like a request. Like I almost respond to that. Um, I've been lucky in a way so far that most people that have asked me to do something really trust what I do. So kind of give me free reign, which I, I like, but it's also challenging because you're like, I hope, I hope I'm reading this yeah. properly. Um, and I haven't had any problems so far because I feel like I'm quite good at tapping into what someone wants, thankfully. I don't know whether that just came from. I did years of custom orders from mums who wanted really fancy toddler outfits, mm. almost pageant style, and so I had to get quite good at wow. being like, okay, we'll get this figured out. Yeah. Um, it's the, yeah, I do like the challenge of that. Um, and, yeah, I always really, really hope that um, it, it comes out as someone wants it to. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of willing to take the time to get it, to get it kind of right. And I think that's what I actually really like about doing illustration and art is I feel like there is more space because once you get it created and then it's going to be printed, then it's sort of it's sort of done. So you can take that time to get it like right. Like you might as well get mm-hmm. it the way you want it the first time. Yeah. And I also don't know if I feel like that too because I did used to actually manually sew each piece by hand. So now I'm like, once I do the design, then it's done. Like then something else prints it or manufactures it. So I almost feel like there's sort of that free freedom there with that that you don't get when you make something, say, individually by hand each and every thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's very liberating to know that you can do that and then send it off and it can be recreated and put out into the world many times over. Yeah. I I love that. I always I think that's why I feel like I finally clicked because I can do anything and then it can I can do the design and then someone else can do the other like the p- part of getting it out there um in terms of making the product and whatnot that I love that because I love doing design, but, um, and I didn't mind making stuff. It's just, I, there's only one of me. So I was frustrated. I couldn't just keep designing. Right. (laughs) Well, and especially doing things like, um, you did the small enclosure cards for the florist to kind of warm up and get going. And then obviously they were successful and, and like, can't be doing those one by one by one. I love that it turned into a business for you. 
yeah, it's um, it's definitely been like really organic, just like letting it grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I like connecting with people through it, so um, I don't mind. Like, I think one of my stockers sent me an email the other day that said this particular design sold the best, and this suits our customers the most. So if you could do more in this style, that would be great. And she said, I know it's hard when you're a creative person getting feet, like getting um, people saying, oh, you can make anything. So she said, if that's annoying for you, don't don't worry about it. But I was like, no, 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 I love knowing this mm-hmm. because then I can make you more of what actually suits your store and your customers and their energy and what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, there's really such a great advantage to being able to talk directly to those customers. I I remember for a long time I had a rep with with my artwork and and I would hear, I would just get here, make these things for these accounts, which is great. And then when I put myself in front of those people, they had, they gave me all sorts of great ideas. It's, and again, like you say, that's the point, right? You, you want to bring their customers and them what they're looking for, something that feels right, joyful, whatever money-making is a, you know, aspect. So if it's going to sell better then bonus, but I love that direct feedback. Yeah. So do I, it's been because I've reached the point a little while ago where I was thinking, should I be trying to license the card designs to someone that just does all the distribution and all the Mm -hmm. packaging? And because at the moment I do everything, like I order it, I package it, I send it out. And I know that in some ways that's sort of holding back the scale of it and also that um, some weeks I don't get near any painting because I'm busy doing all the other businessy stuff that needs to be done. And But then I thought about it and I thought, but then I wouldn't get the connection with the customers and the people. And I thought I feel like that's part of the, the brand, if you will, like the fact that they can connect directly to me, that's sort of, another part that makes it really special yeah, versus very. being just another card company. Um, right. So I haven't then, figured that one out yet. <laughs> well, it's not to say too that you couldn't do a little bit of both. You know, you could have your own, you could license some different designs somewhere else. I have ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would probably be, um, probably be the ultimate sweet spot is doing half and half because mm-hmm. it's really, yeah. It's really exciting seeing stuff come like, you know, and in person. But I was even the other week I had like this big, big order I had to pack and I did not have the time to do it. And I was like, okay, you need to ask for help. And I knew um, my mum's little dog had actually been very sick and he'd had mm-hmm. surgery and so she had to uh-huh. sit around with him and make sure he didn't move a lot. So I knew she was just sitting in her lounge room like doing crochet and watching TV. Yeah. And she often says, do you need help? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. Right. And so I got this big basket of cards and I took it to her and I said, can you please pack these for me? Um, nice. You know, I can pay you and everything. I just, I I need help. She must and have loved that. She did. She was, I think she'd like me to maybe like give, give her more to do. But, um, <laughs> and I kind of like that idea as well, I think, if at some point I need people to pack cards, I love the idea that maybe I can give them to people who want that little bit of work but don't want to, like, say, leave their house that much right? or, you know, and want to fit it in around 
say their children or whatever that they can if they want to they can sit in front of Netflix and pack cards like yeah. it's you know there's a lot of ways i had a next door neighbor for a, a long time that had a beautiful line of cards and at the end of the day or you know on a weekend i'd go over and help him pack cards i just it, it's really a good memory because you know we would laugh and and do things and i got to understand his level of of um perfection in a positive way like what what would pass and what wouldn't and then just just touching that just just being part of that creative process it was a lot of fun good memories around that so i'm sure you could find people who would want to do that i'm sure i could too they probably would even do it more more quickly and better than i can probably yeah. Well, you know, you, you were, it's, it's really clear that you infuse a lot of intention and mindfulness and we've talked about it into your creative process. And I would think, you know, that, that sense of joy and connection, having people help or whatever, in whatever way, or speaking to the, your clients themselves, it seems that that would maintain that, that joyfulness feeling that that you speak about and that you aim for um do you feel like doing this art has helped you feel more connected to people and to the process and to joyfulness i mean we talked in the beginning about about how getting into the business part can really take you down but it do you feel like this has made you closer has you closer to where you want to be as far as how you feel about it yeah, it's kind of given me everything that I was looking for. That's so nice. Like I, I needed that connection. I felt I felt quite isolated being at home all the time tied to my sewing machine. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's definitely opened up so many connections. And I love the fact that even when I come across people now, I can just give them, I'll just give them people like bundles of cards because they've Mm -hmm. said they like it. And I'm like, here's a gift for you. It's just, I had one lady, like I gave her some cards because I just knew that she really loved them. And she got, she got goosebumps when I gave her the cards. I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, they're just some drawings, but how they impacted her. And that's, that's almost the part that I find most amazing. I almost don't have a, um, I'm not really worried if people do or don't like the art. I'm like, what's your response to it? Mm-hmm. Either way, like, because that's what means something, like what it's bringing up for you, even good or bad. And that's kind of the whole point of art is it provokes feelings and memories and emotions. And in turn, that's actually what connects us to ourselves and to other people. So I love, I love that about it. I love that. I think that makes so much sense, especially a card. You know, it's something you can purchase for yourself or obviously send to someone else. And I I think, you know, I have some dear friends that have card lines and I know they're, they hear from their, their customers or the, the end consumer too, you know, will reach out and say, your words on this or your image just was perfect. It was just what I needed. It, it made me feel this way or that way. And I mean, that's, that's got to feel really good. That's a, you're giving there, you're giving them something and they're giving you something back. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't um, like perhaps write by hand as much as they used to mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, digital era. Um, but cards have the capacity to convey 
inside that that's like your space to say what you want to say to someone like whether you want to crack a joke or convey really deep feelings you know to someone or just let someone know that you're so grateful for them or thankful like it's they're pretty I know they're very simple but it's pretty amazing they're like a little form of contact and um I remember having one lady say to me once there was one that's got cute hedgehogs on it and she said that she was buying it for her son because he works, I can't remember what European country it was, but where he works, he works with hedgehogs and rescuing oh. little hedgehogs in a oh. centre over there. And she said so she was buying the hedgehog one for him because, you know, she thought he'd really love it. Yeah. And it's like you just never know how it's going to resonate with someone. You really don't. You really don't. You put them out there and and there's there's meaning attached for you and it just it carries on. It's it's a good, it's a good feeling. It's a gift. Yeah. Do you sell your cards out of Australia? Not yet. I'd really love to. Mm-hmm. I just don't really know how to do that. Because mm-hmm. um, I I know that's like another, I don't know. I think it's something I'd really like to do, especially because I used to when I was making and doing all the sewing that I did years ago. I had a really big audience for my work in the US mm. and I thought there's, obviously a much bigger population there as well and I thought that would be really great to get them over there as well and especially because I have had when I've had people contact me who wanted to buy some um they don't want to pay for the shipping for it to like for a card to go from here to there so I thought if there was a store that had them then they could at least just buy them from that store because a lot of stores have websites now so if you can order it in your own country that would make sense yeah um but at the same time, I'm like, there's a lot of amazing illustrators in the US and in the UK doing amazing work. Like, I don't know if there's even room in like the market. Oh, for- there's always room. There's always room. That's the thing, though. We do think we do tend to think, oh, gosh, you know, is there is there room for me? But we're all we all have our own way of doing things and our own story. And I I I think there's always room. What about other products? You mentioned fabric in the beginning. Do you see licensing as something you'd like to do more of? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would like to um, try that um, more, especially because I feel like I've got quite a solid grip on how um, probably I probably have more of a idea of like how quilting collections work, having just been mm-hmm. in the field that I was in. Yeah. Um, and that's I originally started doing making like little designs um very simple ones because I wanted to be able to have my own fabric mm-hmm. to make my design stand out more so you know I thought that would be something that I could try again I did license um briefly to a local company this year they did um they print onto like knit fabrics mm. and um it was like a little easter collection and that was quite cool. Oh to yeah, do that. I saw some of the little onesies or little shirts. Those were very cute. They perfect for your artwork. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were. Um, there was a fabric company making that, and then there was some ladies who were making and um, buying the fabric and making and selling clothes out of it. Which I actually found it was like a funny full circle thing for me. I was like, I was making the kids' <laughs> clothes, and then I started doing the illustration, and now people are buying the fabric I designed and making the kids' clothes and selling them. And it was like, yeah. I think I just closed the loop. <laughs> it just keeps going around. It just keeps going. Yeah, around. I love that. What would you tell someone else who's maybe feeling like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm in this aspect of being buried in my business or stuck in the hustle um, or a little burned out and looking to recreate or try something new? Because you've you've done that and experienced that. What would some advice be for somebody who might be feeling, oh, how do I get out of this? Well, for me, I think one of the most instrumental things that I did was I started a gratitude journal. And I know it sounds really corny and cliche, but I started one um, and I made some very strict rules for it. And mm. I knew that it would take me a little bit to um, make the time for it. And then I would create an excuse not to do it. So I knew how to like stop that from happening. So I was like, <laughs> you have to write two sentences in the morning and two sentences at night. Oh, I love and you that. have to, it has to always be positive. You can have a whole nother journal for whinging, but this <laughs> one has to be completely positive. So there's no, I'm grateful for this because this bad thing happened or I'm grateful, but it just had to be what you love. And it also had to be original. So you don't run out of ideas after the first day. And what that did for me at that point in time was because I was very quickly running, it sounds so bad, I was running out of things to be thankful for. I was walking around each day oh, going, I can I can put that in my journal and I can put that in my <laughs> journal. So I started actively looking for uh-huh. things to be grateful for. And that sort of the impact that had on my creativity was quite huge because it gets you out of that negative kind of state yeah and I think you have to bring some of that back in when you are burned out and you are struggling and you are buried because you might not even realize it at the time but you've really lost a lot of your joy yeah and so you just need to start doing something to make yourself feel really great or even if it doesn't feel really great right like then because you just maybe don't even know what it feels like to be great, like feel great anyway. Just do it and trust that you're changing the way your mind and body feels about something and that eventually you'll start kind of coming back to life. Like if, you know, maybe you got left out in the cold for a bit too long and you've got a bit of frostbite and you've got to thaw out. And um, just do something creative for fun Mm -hmm. and don't put pressure on it. Um, And, yeah, and... try and I would definitely recommend anyone who's in a creative business if you haven't read The Artist's Way definitely Mm -hmm. read that book yeah for sure and Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic is brilliant as well um and follow whatever's coming up too if you like if there's something in there and I think everyone's got that thing that they maybe want to try or do even if it doesn't make any sense in relation to what you're doing like even if it's like roller skating or something yeah just go and do it, you know. Like I had, I think a, a year or two ago, a friend of mine was like she wanted to make more connections and make more friends and I said to her, you don't have any hobbies. You need to like make get an interest and get a hobby and then you will be able to meet like-minded people. So true. And then she, she ended up picking up like a sport mm-hmm. and she's met all these people and she's got all these friends and it's like you've gone from being in that passive I wish and I'm upset about it to trying something and it's not necessarily the activity itself but it's what it brings you Mm, great point so just I don't know sometimes just completely changing gear can be a really good idea too like if you're struggling with painting or creative block maybe do something else that you really love as well and um yeah, 
I know for me it was such a slow, unravelling, multifaceted process and I think another big thing is to really give yourself permission to have your feelings. Mm. So if you do feel unhappy or uncomfortable, anxious or even a bit sick about something, yeah, just sit with the feeling and don't judge the feelings. Like you're mm. not bad for feeling like that. You just right. human aren't in a dip. You're just not on the other wavelength. It's not. I feel like when you actually take away the good, bad, associated with feelings and emotions and you're just like this is just how I am today Mm -hmm. or this Mm -hmm. is what this makes me feel like and make space for it like journal it out cry if you have to and then go and make yourself a cup of tea and go back to your desk and start panning like just let it be there because I think it's I think especially when you do creative stuff like painting what I worked out quickly for me in the beginning was it was the only time I was still enough for anything that was sitting in me that I hadn't processed or was pushing away mm. to rise up and actually get my attention. So I started learning very quickly that if I was feeling stressed or tight or tense with the painting and I was struggling with it, there was something else there I needed to go and address and then come back to my page. The art was simply bringing me to a moment of stillness that my body could be like, oh, hey, there's this thing. Oh, I love that. You need to sort that out. <laughs> That's good advice. I think I I especially love that we have to, I don't know, um, help ourselves sit in that, in those feelings. Because it's easy, speaking from experience, to tuck them away and to say, oh, I'm not going to pay any attention to that. I'm just going to busy myself with this over here or, you know, I'm just going to ignore it and it'll go away, but it doesn't. You store it somewhere. The energy's stored somewhere in you. And I think there's so much to feeling the feelings. And that could make, like you said, your journal interest, your journal interests could be really interesting. Your art could be very moody, whatever it is. But I would think too, I found myself wondering about your gratitude journal. Did you go back to that and be inspired for any artwork from any of those things you wrote? It's beautiful to read it now because I did it when I did it. I made myself do it for 30 days straight, which I think Mm -hmm. is also why it was transformative because it was like a long enough period of time. And it's really lovely to actually open it now and read it. And because I got very like to be able to expand and actually make myself become more joyful and grateful, I got quite um, particular with like I love the way the sun is falling through the window onto the bedspread Mm -hmm. or the way that the bird sounds and so I got very descriptive with the writing in it so when I do go through it now it's quite visually stirring so it does give me ideas or at least get me into that space that is really that joyful part of myself Mm, and it's like really simple things like even descriptions of food or clothes or textures they just sort of get my imagination going and that's where like my probably my style really comes on for me is that very simple what's your daily and what's around you kind of thing that's Mm -hmm. and the I've always loved when I've because I've always loved reading as well I've always loved descriptions of people's clothing in detail or the food and like I've loved beautiful wordy descriptions because it conjures up the imagery and the feelings yeah Yeah. so it's really lovely to have that 
Yeah, because I would imagine you can then look back at your own feelings. Like you said, if you if you described texture or how the light was falling and just take take you back to that and be inspired by that. I love that. I I saw a reel today or this week and it was sort of a visual it was a visual diary of that. There was some light coming through a curtain. There was um some fuchsia paint being dropped into water. There was you know a shadow on a sidewalk and it just made me stop and think, "Oh, how am I, am I taking the time to capture those, you know, cause they're, they're quiet reminders, you know, of, of things that inspire. I really, that really spoke to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about taking time to look up and look around. And if you are actively deciding to journal about something, because you will basically run out of ideas very quickly in your own head, if you don't start paying attention to the world around you to bring that in, it's a really good way of making you know, like notice things. Like when I had, I decided to have an Instagram break um, mm. for I think it was all of July or maybe it was all of June. I started noticing the beauty in the most random things because I was like not using a screen ever to occupy yeah. a moment of time. So mm. even one morning when I walked into the kitchen, the, there was the loaf of bread standing up in the sunlight that was falling across it and it looks so pretty. I took a photo of it and just kept that for myself. That. Yeah. And I was like, I'm noticing things that no one else is noticing because I'm not tuned out because I've, I've my brain has space and I, you know, I can't go and look at Instagram for a distraction or a silly thing. I've got to, like, notice what's around me. And so I started noticing some of the most what we would think of as boring things being so pretty um, mm. and so beautiful. That's another good thing to put on the list of what to do when maybe you need to shift a little, maybe take, take that break and look at the things that are around you. I would definitely recommend if you like can do it, having, if you can have like a month off your social media, like just go hardcore, it will be probably what was for me. The first few days are really hard. It's like, cause you're coming off something that you're so used to. And I think there's like a, I don't know, they've set some of that stuff up to be a bit like pokey machine. So there's an addictive yeah, component in sure. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the weeks go by, you kind of go, oh, I don't think I want to go back on there. Cause it really <laughs> changes so much. It's surprising. Um, and yeah, so I would definitely recommend if you need a reset and you need to reconnect, get off there. Um, yeah. And then make sure you've got stuff to like support you in that. And also I told a couple of people what I was doing so that if I looked at any moment, like I was going back on there, they would be like, <laughs> no, <Nope. You laughs> <said. accountability. laughs> yeah. that's great too. An accountability uh, group or partner is always a very good idea. Oh, such good ideas. You have some good things coming up. Um, you have your Australian inspired Christmas card collection. And I feel like I read about some, a series of poetry and artwork and your mini originals that you mentioned, um, some affirmation cards, Oracle cards. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about these and also how I know for sure that Christmas cards say they're Aussie inspired. So how does, 
your life and where you live inspire these things? And then tell us a little bit about what you're excited about that's coming. Well, I'll start with the Christmas ones um, because Christmas is sort of completely different feeling and color palette in Australia. Mm. And we've traditionally had Right, it's warm. It's so, it's so hot. Like you go to the beach and if you're further north than where I am now, you just turn the air conditioner on. I do have a friend who's from the UK who lives in Sydney and she refuses to not have a Northern Hemisphere Christmas. So she turns her air con to freezing every like Christmas and so she can do the full roast dinner and all the stuff. Um, but I feel like in recent years we've been trying to bring more of the actual Australian elements and Love like it. the summer fruits and um, our animals because we've got so many amazing animals but do. we don't celebrate them enough, I don't think. So because my koala card's quite popular, I brought my koala into some of the Christmas designs and galahs are quite a pretty kind of popular little bird. I think they're a parrot. They're part of the the cockatoo family. So they're they're pink and they're grey and I brought those into my um, art and I kind of did kind of a play on that with some of the like the more traditional things like the um 12 days of christmas and things so i kind of thought of that like my free lots of people have chickens and people love chickens like it especially like in the like the bush or whatever we call them chooks so we've got chickens and i so i did i've got the card here i did three aussie hens for christmas so dear instead of three french hens and that card I think this is the third year I'm doing that one. That sells out every time. The chickens are really popular. And, yeah, so I just I just play with, I try and play with different ideas and I bring in sort of non-traditional Christmas colours so that it's more summery. People must love fun. that, super respond to that because it speaks to what's happening around you. Yeah, so I just do that. The one I've got the galahs on actually is a play on words. It's got pears in it from like the partridge in the pear tree, but I've put the galahs in it. And then when I was giving it a name, lots of people, like there's a, there's sort of a saying that people have in Australia when they mean like you're being an idiot or you're being silly and it's called, oh, they're a pair of galahs. Uh, and so I use that as a play on word on on the back of the card. I put pair of galahs, but I spelt it as the pair. So I just sort of. Perfect. I feel like I just got a few ideas and threw them in the blender and then that's yeah. what came out. <laughs> Well, it's again, it's fun to just kind of riff off that and where you are and what's what's fun and what's happening and people must really love that. Yeah, I feel like you could do heaps more. Christmas is not has never been my strong point with like creating and design. It's like something I've had to like find my own way around. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because I don't know. I don't know. I think I need to create my Christmas stuff in at Christmas time because that's mm-hmm. when I, I'm like picking up on the environment and I don't feel like it's Christmas right now. Right. No, that's the tricky part about, you know, doing it as work, knowing that the companies are having to design so far ahead and yeah, just add it to your sketchbook or wherever you keep those things when you feel like it. But I also feel like saying that, oh gosh, you want to do Christmas your way, that's even better because companies that are looking for holiday are always looking and every year they have to do something slightly different. So when the art comes in looking fresh because it's in your point of view, that's never a bad thing. I've got, I've made a lot and a lot of Christmas things in my in my days. Always looking for something fresh. 
Yeah, it's like I think that's sort of a fun thing to do too is when you have to like keep stretching, you know, you're like, oh, what what can I do that's different? Um, that's sort of fun to do too. I keep saying to myself every year I'm going to I'm gonna get more organised with, with Christmas and so I think it will happen once I find my flow with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've done I've done the little um, painted wooden slices as little Christmas ornaments because I did a few of those last year. Um, I found actually I found a company um, through the Australian Made Campaign website that um, does makes the wooden slices here, so I was able to source those locally, nice. which I was really happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I painted a few of those up last year, and people seem to really love them. They're wonderful. So I did it again. I've done it again this year. I just haven't um, released those yet. So and, will those um, be sold through your website or will you have those at a, a store or a gallery or something? At the moment, I'll have them through my website. Mm, um, that makes sense. So, yeah, I'll put them on there. Some of them have already been claimed. Um, I'm sure. But I'll share them anyway so that everyone can see them. And... I only did it. I've only done a small amount, so I might end up doing some more. Um, I don't know. I last year was the first time I'd ever painted on them, and I actually wasn't sure what to paint. Like I really had that real moment of doubt, and I was like, I don't even know if anyone will like these. Like I don't know what to paint on them. And so to get around that, I just said to myself, you know what your goal is? You're just going to paint the slices, and that's the goal. That's done. That's uh, complete. That's there you go. that's it. So I did that. And then they all sold. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> See? So this, so this year I was just like, I'm just going to paint whatever. So I just like, I just actually made a big mess on the kitchen table and just started painting them. And one of them I was even, I've got this fun textured paste that I really want to try. And I was like, I'm going to put some texture on it. I think that's one that I looked at close up. I was like, what is this? It looks like, it almost looked like ceramic or, or um. I don't know, just something. Yeah, the texture was really interesting. It's got it's got a texture pace on it. And because of the round shape of them, and I was using a knife, I felt like I was icing cookies while uh, I was doing it. Perfect. <laughs> um, it takes a little while to dry, though. So it was mm-hmm. the only thing I was surprised that it took quite a, like a, a good day or two before I could Ooh. even paint over it. So I'll have to know that for my preparation next time. Good things to experiment with. And, yeah, my other thing that I've been doing is I've kind of been writing bits of poetry for the past couple of years it's just sort of started flowing out at random times in random places so a lot of it's on my phone notes because sometimes it will just be while I'm walking and I've been wanting to incorporate that with my artwork it's just I've been doing it really really slowly because there's like a new layer of vulnerability there with sharing Mm. the words Mm mm-hmm Especially because some of it has come from like different, um, like I know what that's tied to or different emotional places or different relationships. I know other people right. don't, but right. it's like I know that that's so personal to me right. and there's almost that fear of what if someone knows exactly what I'm talking about? It's like, they're they're not, figure but, me out. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's a, it's a very personal thing. And I am glad that you're thinking about that because it's, it encourages others, I think, to do the same. Yeah. It's. I feel like it's a really lovely way to tie like my writing together with my illustration. And um, so I added what, some poetry to some of my prints that I did this year and I really wasn't sure whether people would want to buy artwork with words on it, mm-hmm. but they've been selling really well um, and it's sort of given me the courage to maybe start incorporating more wording 
and even maybe consider putting words on cards and things as well. Yeah. I've just been kind of tentative about it because I was like, I don't know whether people right. want the words. <laughs> you know, words do sell. I think it would be an interesting thing with your existing line to just try a few and see what people will tell you, right? As they already do. I did do one Christmas card. I think it was either last year or the year before. And I put some words on it. And I, because I made up basically this little word um, thing. It was, a, I made the design. I can't remember what was on it now, but it was basically a card for you to send for people that you couldn't have with you at Christmas because mm. it was at the time when so many people couldn't be with their family. Right. And that sold quite well too. Um, nice. But yeah. New things to try. Yeah, lots of things. And I really want to do some oracle and affirmation cards. That's just slowly sort of growing there. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how they're going to be yet. Like, I'm not sure. Mm, I can't wait. I think that will be great with your your style. I think those would be very well received. But that is a process. Cards like that, affirmation, oracle, tarot, whatever. That's, it's really, there's a lot of, thought that goes into that and reading and understanding and and figuring out kind of how you want to do it but they're well received yeah can't wait to see love that oh my gosh so many good things to think about I am very inspired by just your process and what you've done to continue to grow it and and I just I love hearing more about it Where can our listeners find your work online and stay updated on your latest creations and releases? Uh, Well, mostly I just use Instagram for that that connection side. So you can always go to my Instagram page, which is just at the darling fee on um, there. I don't have Facebook or anything like that. Um, I just find having the one social media is enough. Um, I do have a newsletter list, which if you sign up to that, you'll get notified of new releases. And um, actually, if you do join it, you get a free coloring page that I did. Um, nice. So you can download that and enjoy like painting or coloring that in. Love that. Um, I want to occasionally, when I can, send out a like a little free printable thing that you can enjoy. So if you join the newsletter list, you might receive that sometimes. I'm very non-committal with this though. So it's just going to be like surprise mail. Um, and then there's my website, which has my online store on it. And sometimes, sometimes I blog, not very often. And that's the darlingfig.com.au. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if I really have um, – I've got Australian shipping set up on it. I don't know if I've got international set up on it very well because it's quite um, – like it really, really varies depending on where things are going. So if anyone is located outside of Australia and did want to order, just email me maybe through the website and I can yeah. see even what shipping would cost. Yeah. It's um, a case-by-case yeah. case basis. But, I Yeah. yeah. I'm we're, after we're done, I'm gonna t- I have some ideas for you. So stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> Tell me who's inspiring you. Oh, this is like so many people inspire me. Um, you had a good list, don't you? Don't have to limit it. You can, yeah. I do. I actually printed things. out what I wrote because I thought I'm not gonna remember <laughs> what okay. I said. So on the poetry front, there's um an Australian poet that I really love called Tess Ginnery, and her 
work just really, really spoke to me and also gave me the courage to um, kind of do my, like continue with my own because it was just, it's very simple, but it's beautiful. And she has two little books that I've actually bought both of them and they're like printed on coloured paper and everything. They're just, I just love them. Um, And I find my my sister really inspiring she has a knitting shop um and we've actually done a few little collaborations together and everything so that's um what's her knitting shop called um say little hen say little hen what a great name yeah that's inspiring for sure yeah she's got she's like it's really interesting seeing inside of other creative businesses like it's all mm-hmm. really inspiring um my dance teacher I find her really inspiring. I absolutely love dancing. And the place that we do the dances at, there's a few different dance classes, but the energy she brings to her classes Mm. is like, it's palpable. It's just raises it up a notch, like the joy and the, the excitement and the way that a whole group of women just feel um, free to express themselves and their bodies in those classes. It's just, it's amazing. Um, I think it's transformative. And so I find her really inspiring. Love that. Oh, there was one actually I wanted to remember anyone who hasn't discovered her on Instagram, um, India Rose Crawford. She's so good. She does these little froggy reels, like She's got this little ditted frog that she's done, which is actually a pattern by a designer called um, Claire Garland, I think. But she's made this little frog off her pattern. And she does these little stop motions and they're seriously like such. They're incredible. Like just, they're just such joyful little, like they're the best binge-worthy TV series, those frogs. Like just go on there and watch <laughs> they them. They really are. I remember, I feel like she started doing that during lockdown and I remember seeing the first few and just thinking, what magical world have I stumbled into? They're just so great. India Rose Crawford. We'll have all of this in the show notes, of course, but that's a great one. No one's mentioned her and I'm so glad you did. Oh, I was like, when I was writing it, I was like, who, who? And I was like, oh, her, I've got to mention her. She's amazing. Um, and yeah, there was another lady too that I remembered um Mary Kilvert in the UK and she's an illustrator um Mm. I've actually got a little mug from her that a friend gave me and I remember seeing her this was prior to when I was um even doing my illustration and painting but she has her um she has this most gorgeous like little shop in the most cute cutest little building we don't have buildings like that over here so I'm kind of jealous (laughs) and she has her like her illustrations over like cushions and mugs and products and her kind of bone label and she also did these little um needle felted sheep that are like her like little signature hand done things little knitted sweaters and when I remember seeing her at the point in time I saw her because she was combining like a sort of a textile-y thing with the illustration I was Mm -hmm. like oh, cool, I could do it. I would love to do a brand like that where it's a little shop that's got, you know, your work on all the products, but, you know, there's some little textile handmade element in there as well. Yeah. And that sort of, Sounds yeah, like that speaks really to the things that you love to do already, you know? Yeah. Because then you don't have to leave anything behind. No, no, it's, it's, um, it's, there's, I love, looking at so many different creatives and businesses even not even in my own industry like as a bakery that I follow on Instagram and like they sell some ridiculous amount of cakes and cookies 
on her Instagram um, and it's that's just inspiring as well because they're just doing their business the way that they're like meant to do it. Yeah, love that. And um, yeah, so I love that. And I even find, it sounds really cliche, but I even find people like, you know, Taylor Swift and Harry Styles really inspiring watching the creativity yeah, in the they're concerts. they're making it happen. Yeah, and I think I wasn't into Harry Styles at all, dare I say that. And then because my sisters were going to his concert, um, I started seeing all the reels from the shows on Instagram and I've become one of those, didn't really care for, couldn't care here or there for it. And now I'm like, God, he's amazing. I just keep watching his things and now I'm really into it. And his music's good to listen to while I'm working. And I think when I was watching one of his reels, I thought the connection he has with his audience yeah, is good so inspiring for any creative person to be like it's not just about him up there on the stage he's like connecting with people he seems really authentic about it too yeah and it's fun and I think when I even saw him playing one of his songs and he was like this doesn't even make any sense I was like you know what (laughs) I thought that song didn't make any sense and you're the (laughs) artist saying this doesn't even make any sense but it's a popular thing anyway and I thought it's a reminder that our work doesn't even have to make any sense (laughs) just has to be fun it's so nice to hear it from who we perceive to be those bigger names you know it's like oh they're just human yeah Yeah. well thank you for bringing all of this joyfulness and creativity to us today this has been a great conversation i really appreciate it megan you're welcome i really love being here and it's been really lovely connecting with you and everyone who listens in Yes. Well, it'll be fun to see, you know, kind of who pops up in your Instagram and on your mailing list now to get a little bit more of you and what you put out into the world. So thank you so much. No worries at all. Thank you for having me, Margo. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.